Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. In past podcasts, we've talked about multiple uses of the frame. We've talked about framing for getting any situation right. We've talked about reframing for readjusting what happened in your mind's eye and subsequently changing everything. And this episode, we'll look at pre-framing. And this on its own is incredibly important because it is the difference between success and failure in most cases. Pre-framing is where you develop a vision or version of short-term future events and how they're going to play out. Basically, you maintain long-term plans regardless of whatever happens in the short term. Now, just to predicate how important this would be, just a generic example of sales. You have a telemarketer, and let's say that he just has to hit a certain amount of sales to become economically viable. So let's say that's 12 sales. Now the breakdown is that every 100 calls that he makes, he might get three or four sales. And so you just do the simple maths in your head. You say, well, I need three to four sales per 100 calls, and I need to make 12 sales. So let's make 400 calls and that should get me at least at 12 sales, and there's my good outcome. That's my good goals. That's my income reaching the right levels that it should be. Simply a paradigm shift. Because if you contrast and say to, the, to say to the telemarketer, look, you have to go out there, and you have to make all of these calls, and just keep calling because eventually someone will pick up and say yes. Think about it. You've called someone 50 times, and they still haven't said yes. They haven't broken down yet that the success rate is probably about three to four in 100. If you have broken it down three to four in 100, you work out, you just have to make 400 calls. That is a totally different approach than somebody who's told just keep calling and the money will come eventually because that's incredibly disheartening. Again, it is all about developing the vision or version of short-term future events while maintaining long-term plans regardless of the short term. We have to set our intention before going to any situation. Afterwards, we have to review and this is super important because that allows us to adjust the course and make some slight changes and make better outcomes in the future. This applies to every single thing that you do because as I always talk about in the podcast, we do this sort of thing unconsciously. So you might go to an event and if you have expectations that all the other events have been terribly exhausting or just unfruitful, then you're going to have a terrible time. But if you consciously work out, well, if I go to this event and I network with 12 people, then that will get me one contact and one contact will make all the difference for my business. Again, another generic example. Or you have somebody who has a social phobia or social anxiety. 
and they could have a pre-frame that maybe, hey, when I get to this party, I'm going to get someone to smile at me. So I'm going to smile at them first. Perhaps I'm going to have two very short conversations ready to go so that I'm not fumbling for words because this person's incredibly anxious. And then finally, you're going to make sure that maybe you get the other person's name. You just make these incremental increases, but before you go out, you make them your goals. And that way, when you come back at the end of the night and you review your night, you can say, well, look, normally I have a crap night and I sit in the corner of the room, but tonight I spoke to this amount of people, I got their names, they smiled at me. And sure, it's a little step, but you can see how that would progress over time. The next level is to make games out of this. So for example, you have that person who has social anxiety. They have gone through that first level. The second level, let's look at some games. Maybe you could get this person to talk about a certain topic. Maybe you have to get them to reveal their age. Maybe you have to get them to say this word. I have a brother who was in the military and he had this thing in his recruit group where essentially they had to mention or show the word penguin. And so they'd go through their training and during their presentations, a penguin would pop up mid-slide and the class would giggle and the instructor wouldn't get it. And just all these sort of things, just, just make it light and make it extremely memorable to this day. You know, he still jokes to his friends about this. And once you've done this, you can move on to the next level again. Now, it all comes down, as I said, to experiencing emotions. Because unconsciously, most social communication is focused on this anyway. We're usually looking for joy. And this is easy to achieve through the neutral state, from the neutral state. But maybe we have to transition it. Maybe we have to use that Plutarch wheel that we've talked about, taking someone out of anger to maybe curiosity to joy, a step-by-step approach. Because once you change your emotions, you're able to change the other person's emotions as well. So this up to here has mostly focused on other people and your interactions. Let's upgrade it. Let's focus on how it applies to oneself. So the pre-frame before you go out to the event. This is where you meet and master your emotions. Sometimes we have an experience of confidence inside ourselves, which allows us to deliver talks to large groups or small groups of people. And if we can translate this to the event, then everything will change. We have to start small. Perhaps we take this frame that it's just okay to make these short-term changes, but we have to start by changing how we feel in ourselves because how, that's how other people will read us. The magic of this is when it becomes internalized and automatic because as I mentioned before, we do this automatically. We do this, we go out to a party and we base our last experience on how we're going to act this time. If we go into our mind and set that frame beforehand, then that's going to make all the changes that you need. So professionally, I may have someone that have a conflict in maybe the way that they solve their problems. 
So the first thing is that we have to get someone into a positive frame. And once you get them there, this is great because this is the first step. So you might have somebody who say has started to drink alcohol again. And so instead of berating them or, or matching and mirroring where they are, you can change it up. You just say, well, that's great. I mean, you haven't drunk for so long. Now, there's a small, you know, back step and we recognize it and we've come to it early so we can get through it. And once you've done this, you've done, come from a position of positive power and that the person's frame changes automatically. So you might have somebody else who says that they've been stressed at work recently. And you can say, well, that's great. You know, you know you've worked good and hard to get where you are and you work in this amazing job. And usually the stress, it's actually a sign that something needs to change just before you upgrade or grow further. So let's explore it. As I said, this sounds silly, but for some reason it seems to work. Contrasting it and making it so that it's something positive instead of a pity party will make the change that you need. The mandate is on long-term focus. So that means that the person will be successful even if this interaction doesn't end in a sale, such as a telemarketer, so you don't put your worth based on the sales. You'll say that I'll enjoy this party even if I don't make any friends or whatever your objective of going to the party is. Basically, it's being able to maintain that long-term focus in the short term. And this takes the pressure off sales, meeting people and everything. Because if we're not really vested in the particular outcome of a single situation, then it allows you just to enjoy the process, to become more relaxed in the knowledge that this will just work out. So this really works. Why doesn't everybody do it? First thing is it takes a little degree of effort. And most of us are inherently lazy. Why would we do something when we know that we don't have to? Once we realize all the potential behind this technique, it's worth looking into further. Second thing is a conscious approach means two things. It means you have to accept responsibility for the outcome, both good and bad. Most people can't do this. It's really easy to say that person's an idiot. It's really easy to say that this organization is absolutely toxic. And perhaps there are elements of that that's true. But once you really pre-frame, you then take ownership. That's a scary place. But it's also the place where change happens. So it's worth it. And further that, you lose the ability to be surprised by the event. And this means that people might find it a little bit rigid, but this is usually just initially. Because when you go out to an event, you don't have to go out saying, I need to get three names like a program. It's just like, just part of the night. And eventually, as I said, as you level up, this becomes automatic. And once, once it becomes automatic and natural, that's where you'll be so happy that you've looked into doing all this. The solution for this, as always, lies in seasons. And that is, most of the time, you have to pre-frame. When you're going out in 
public situations or different things that come up, you have to pre-frame in those sort of situations. However, there's a time and a place for everything. And sometimes it's better just to forget it and enjoy the process. I mean, if you're pre-framing a very natural event where you're going out with your buddies and, and having a drink, if you've got social anxiety, yeah, this will help. But if you don't, then this is going to make things a little bit weird. So the seasons will help you out in that situation if you find it awkward. A final word. Consider the most influential person that you know. They likely have deep convictions in what they do. And that is the musician who is so passionate about their music. The speaker who is so knowledgeable and passionate about their topics that they speak on. And you can feel this. Everyone can. So they have a following. If you hold a strong enough frame, you can lead large groups effectively or simply just enjoy your interaction, whatever your outcome is. The first step is to know what you want. And to do this, you have to consider the, the pre-frame and carry it out in your interactions. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com. <laughs>